There can be no doubt who the best team in Major League Soccer is. It is your Los Angeles Football Club. Hello, everyone. I'm Dave Dethom. This is Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710. Anybody who disputes that is nuts. You might get the occasional Sounders fan himself or herself, or maybe even a TFC fan to say, hey, wait a minute. We're better than it. No. Just stop. Now, long way to go. We're six games into it for the black and gold, but oh my goodness, do they keep rolling. They travel across the country to take on a D.C. United team that had been previously unbeaten, and they thrashed them so badly it was an embarrassment for D.C. United. Wayne Rooney had had enough, gets himself a straight red. And to Rooney's credit, it was one of those bang-bang plays. You lose the football, you kind of... In the heat of the moment, he overreacted. He knew it. He shook Diego Rossi's hand at least twice after taking him down with a bad tackle, straight red kind of tackle. They had to check VAR because originally the referee, Robert Sabiga, gave it straight yellow. But he knew it. Wayne Rooney was a class act in that case. Sometimes you just you lose your mind. You get a straight red. You shake the hand of the opponent. You say you're sorry, and you move on. And then, of course, that cost D.C. United, I believe, in their game on Tuesday night which was a quick back-to-back there for D.C. They ended up only drawing with Montreal at home, nil-nil, without Rooney. But D.C. United was the top of the the East going into that game against LAFC, and LAFC embarrassed them. Another drubbing, 4-0, second straight shutout. The goal difference for LAFC right now through six games is plus 14 with a 5-0-1 record. 19 goals in six games. If you are going to sit here and tell me, oh, you know, MLS. Remember when? Remember the old days when people used to rip on the league? Oh, it's boring. Shut up. That's gone. That hasn't been the case for years. Oh, well, now there's no defense. Yeah, right. Okay. Stop it. LAFC plays a brilliant brand of football. Led by Carlos Vela, Diego Rossi gets the hat trick. Second straight game on the road that the LAFC has a hat trick from a player. They are the best team in MLS. But you know who might be the second best team in MLS? Travel 12 miles down the uh, 105. I'm sorry, the 110. Then you, you know, you want to take the one, whatever. Depends on where you're coming from, I guess. But if you're coming from Bank of California Stadium, you got to take the 110. Just 12 scant miles down, and you might find the second best team in MLS. That play at something, I think, let me get this right. Mario, hit a buzzer if I'm wrong on this. They play at Dignity Health Sports Park, right? I got that in right order because the name is ridiculous now. I know it as the StubHub Center. I'm so old. <laughs> uh, it's actually older than that. It's Home Depot Center for the really old people. But I look, it's Dignity Health Sports Park. You go 12 miles south of where LAFC plays their football, a, a easy trip down the 110, and you probably find the second-best team in MLS. A league of 24, count them, teams now. And to grow, by the way. There's going to be Nashville soon, Austin, Inter-Miami with David Beckham. And the two best teams in MLS might live just 12 miles apart from each other. Because LA Galaxy go on the road. Yeah, it's Vancouver. They're struggling. But they get... The full three points on the road. And remember, in MLS, that is crucial. Not getting draws on the road. You play for wins. And boy, did you see that LA Galaxy game? Poor Ali Adnan. Oh, man. 
I feel bad for Vancouver Whitecaps Ali Adnan. Defender, they just bring him in. The Iraqi defender is 20. He signed on loan from Udinese. Right? I mean, good player. Really good player that Mark Dos Santos, our friend, who's now the manager of Vancouver, brings him in. He's, he's only like in his second appearance, first of whatever it was, second appearance, I guess. And he tries a Panenka in the second minute of the game after LA Galaxy got caught a little bit defensively. They give up a really super quick penalty on that on that Friday night game. And Adnan hits the worst Panenka I've ever seen. I mean, I can't help but almost laugh if you didn't feel bad for the dude. And when you open that door, when you if you're a team like Vancouver and you are winless, winless, somebody tell Ali Adnan you do not try a Panenka when you're on a winless soccer team. You, you just can't do it. Vancouver's struggling to score goals, yet to get a victory. They're at home. They get a penalty in the first minute, seconds into the game. And this dude tries some bad panenka where he scuffs his foot underneath the turf, the carpeting, and the ball doesn't even make it to the goal line. What? Yes. I mean, how ridiculous. Now, I mean, it is laughable. It's one of the worst things I've seen in sports in terms of blunders, really. Especially for the situation if you're Vancouver. You're winless. How dare you? My buddy and I, who I got a buddy who's a Cleveland sports fan. Of course, I grew up in Cleveland. And, you know, love all the, the Cleveland sports teams. And that's kind of our bit in Cleveland. How dare we? You know, how dare we get pompous about anything? How dare we, as a winless Vancouver Whitecaps team, send a dude to the penalty spot within the first minute against a good L.A. Galaxy team? And you're begging for any kind of good results if you're Vancouver, and you try a, one of the worst panenkas you'll ever see. You can't do that. Are you dumb, brother? I mean, look, if the keeper makes a great save on a penalty, so be it, right? Carlos Vela had his penalty saved on a pretty good job by Bill Hamid in that D.C. game. Well, they turned it around. LAFC missed an early penalty. It didn't matter. L.A. Galaxy got a huge break when Vancouver missed theirs. And the Galaxy made them pay for it. That's what a good team does. They're now 4-1-0, just one loss. Galaxy now get their first win on the road. They're still perfect at home at Dignity Health Sports Park. Yeah, I got that in order. It's pretty hard to say. You can't really abbreviate that. You know, oh, we, where do we play at? We play at the DHSP. Doesn't flow, really. How about the digs? The digs? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to make it cool. I'm trying to make it go. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's not bad. That's not bad, actually. Now that I've, I've let it marinate a little bit. Yeah. Mario Reese. That's not bad. Okay. I'm I guess trying, I'm trying. That, yeah. that, well, wait, that wasn't bad. I had to let it sit <laughs> for a minute. Because at first, it's like the digs. Oh, that's ridiculous. Wait a minute. Well, the Galaxy, they get the win, and you take a win any way you can get it, certainly on the road in MLS. Now, what if what a Saturday is going to be, Mario? We've got two games in L.A., just 12 miles apart on the 110, at the same time on Saturday in MLS. How great is that? Two teams that are near the top. I believe the two best teams in MLS. Yeah, I said it because Latan Ibrahimovic is, is a massive X-factor. And they're both going to be going at it 
at the same time on Saturday. Of course, you'll hear the LAFC game as they host Cincinnati, FC Cincinnati. Tricky. That is a little tricky there. And at the same time, down south, Galaxy will host Philadelphia Union, another tricky opponent. In fact, the Union in Cincinnati sit fourth and fifth currently in the east. So, intriguing. And oh, by the way, Philadelphia and FC Cincinnati both have wins on the road. They're both 1-1-1 one, one, and one on the road coming into this game. So, four points from three for both Philadelphia and FC Cincinnati on the road. There's no easy task. What a night that's going to be. I mean, think about that. We're sitting here with two clubs, again, not even 15 miles away from each other, that are the best teams in the league. And it's one of the reasons I, I keep on harping on it about L.A. This is one of the best, spo- you know, look, I know there's a lot of podcast listeners all over the country who might roll their eyes here in a few seconds. I don't care. And by the way, if you don't podcast, go to iTunes, go to ESPN Pod Center, subscribe, rate, and review Soccer Weekly. Just search for it. Come on. And you can hit me up on Twitter, at TalkSoccer, if you disagree or agree. I want to know, because... Not because right now what's happening with LAFC and LA Galaxy, but it's just a piece of the puzzle. Why we always talk about it here in LA, and you've heard me say it if you listen to the show, this is one of the greatest soccer markets on the planet. Yes. I know the other suspects, right? The usual suspects. Uh, Rio, Buenos Aires, certainly. Mexico City, London, Madrid. Right, we've got we've got the usual suspects as maybe the best soccer. L.A., Los Angeles for a number of reasons, the melting pot that is the city. People coming from all over the world, not just America, not just the United States, to settle here, and they they bring with them that passion of their local club, whether they're from. Central America or the UK or Asia or from Mexico. They bring their love of that team. And you have, oh, by the way, in our own domestic league, the two best teams battling it out. Which is why I've said from day one when LAFC announced that they were going to do this thing, and you could see that they were doing it right from the first day. It's why I've said one thing about this what is now a rivalry, obviously, even after the first three games they played last year, which were incredible. It's why I want to see them in the Western Conference Finals. Now, I know with seeding, it may not work out that way all the time. Certainly, it can be tricky, right? We all know you know, it's hard to get two teams lined up exactly. They may meet a little early. But I want to see them 1-2 and two in the West and playing in the Western Conference Finals. That is as good as it can get, right? I want that game at the Bank of California Stadium. That's what we got to be shooting for. And right now, I don't see why it can't happen. Boy, Carlos Vela, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, Diego Ross. I mean, the stars are here now from MLS. And everybody's talking about Rossi. It's funny. I don't know if, Mario, I don't know if I told you this. I'm writing up these little things for... Do you, do you collect baseball cards, Mario, or sports, I used to. I guess, trading cards, I guess? You know, there's football, baseball. Bat. I used well, to love that, yeah. Yeah. Well, of course, there's soccer cards, too, obviously, and MLS has them. 
you know, Tops. We all have probably heard of Tops, whether you even collect cards or not. It's of one course, of the companies. Those are the classics. Well, I, I I'm writing up a little thing each month for this uh, website, right? And uh, that basically I'm the soc- the guy who writes about up and coming soccer players because everything's about rookie cards. Right? Okay, yeah, of course. You know I what I mean? You got to get, gotta get the guy's rookie card. I remember when I was a kid, it was like, ooh, I got to have Dwight Gooden's rookie. Well, I'm writing up stuff now once a month, and the first one I did was just like last month. And you can find all this at Talk Soccer on my Twitter account. Um, and the first one they had me do, they picked it, <laughs> right? I didn't even pick it because, I mean, they know that I know soccer. I'm the voice of LAFC. They know. Who better and by you, Dave, to do it's this? GTS Distribution, right, uh-huh. this company, at GTS Distribution on Twitter. Check them out. They picked it, and who do you think the first player they picked? Remember, they want to go for the r- relatively new. It doesn't have to be a rookie every time, but – well, they picked Diego, Diego Rossi, Rossi for me to write about. Yes, because his cards are apparently hot. Well, he's hot. He's hot, yeah. yeah. I mean, six goals now. If it if it weren't for Carlos Vela, Diego Rossi would be running away with the scoring lead, except for De- Carlos Vela has seven. Is that the best duo in MLS right no, now? Got to be, mean, right? Got to be. You know, look, I mean, you could argue there might be a couple of defenders who play together that maybe on the best defensive team, I guess, or something, but... No, you got to score goals to win, right? I mean, that's what that's what I always preach. So who's stopping those two guys? Nobody, nobody so far. <laughs> I mean, they have. Let's put it this way. Let's put it this. I'll just put it succinctly. Mario has it. It brings me a good point. Do you know who, who the top scoring team is in MLS? Of course, it's Los Angeles Football Club, right, with nineteen goals. Do you know who the second best scoring is in MLS? No. It's not a team. It's Carlos Vela and Diego Rossi at 13 goals each, a total. <laughs> wow. You know who's third? Toronto and Sporting Kansas City with 12 wow. as a team. So, I mean, they're averaging. Rossi and Vela are, are together. Just them two are averaging over two goals a game. You want some exciting football. You want some goals. Go go, Bank of California. Sweet Saturday mercy. Night. I mean... Come on. Utterly absurd. And it's just going to get better and better. So much fun. Hey, we're rolling here. Uh, speaking of better and better, yeah, how about Stephen Betashore coming up for Black and Gold Breakdown? That and so much more. I'm Dave Denholm. Check us out on Twitter, at Talk Soccer. This is Soccer Weekly on ESPNLA 710. Soccer Weekly, ESPNLA 710. I am Dave Denholm. Hit me up on Twitter, at Talk Soccer. That's where we continue the conversation even after the show is done. Here on the home of the Los Angeles Football Club and World Soccer here. ESPNLA 710. And as we move on, don't forget, stoppage time still to come. I'm going to be telling you a little bit more about what I most love, maybe one of the best things about Major League Soccer. We discussed LAFC and LA Galaxy in the first segment, how they're kind of leading the way. I think the two best teams in the league are only 12 miles apart, which is going to make it all the more fun throughout the rest of the summer. It is time now to focus on our beloved Los Angeles Football Club. It's Black and Gold Breakdown. The Black and Gold Breakdown. Breakdown. Break it down like this right now. And joining us now for the Black and Gold Breakdown and the right back for LAFC, Stephen Betashore. Stephen, how you doing, buddy? Hey, I'm good. Thanks for having me on. You bet. Uh, I, maybe I should start calling you Ryan Seacrest. How many jobs are you going to have, man? What are you doing here? What are you, <laughs> you got TV, radio? What's I going on here? I'm just having fun, just enjoying it, that's all. <laughs> well, what we're talking about, of course, as we've, we've mentioned this with uh, Beta back in the day, 
He's uh, been doing things off the pitch, of course, around for LAFC and LAFC.com. Now it's a new thing. We talked with Jordan last week. You're a partner in this on the back-to-back podcast with Jordan Harvey yep. and Stephen Bateshore. What's uh, How's it been going, man? Yeah, it's been good. You know, we uh, we obviously just started. Um, and for the people that haven't heard the first episode, you know, you can check it out on Spotify or iTunes. Uh, you got to look up Inside LAFC, and we're under their kind of umbrella. But, you know, we've got... First episode, second one, we've, we've shot at the ESPN studios, which is awesome because, you know, you guys have that fantastic, uh, the microphones and setup. So it's, the audio is going to be, uh, amazing. And, and we had Lee, so that'll be coming out pretty soon. Uh, so you guys got to check it out. Nice. So it's pretty good. Now, why you and George, I mean, there's obviously the right back, left back. I know you guys are, you know, you're of the same generation. Let's put it nicely that way, right? You know, mm-hmm. so I mean, is that, I mean, what's your relationship like with Jordan for people that did, didn't know before this podcast came out? Well, so Jordan and I have been really good friends since 2014 when I joined uh, Vancouver Whitecaps. So we played mm-hmm. two years there together, and uh, you know, we remained in touch uh, when I had left, and I was in Toronto for a couple years. And then we were reunited again last year uh, with LAFC. So uh, it was one of those where we hit it off right away. Kind of, we have similar mindsets on on how we are on the field, off the field. Um, you know, and uh, you know he's he's obviously a good guy. He's got a good family. My my wife's friends with his wife, so we just get along, and uh, we we kind of came up on this opportunity to do a podcast together. We were kind of just uh, you know just uh, just talking kind of casual and it came up and we're like, yeah, that'd be actually pretty fun. Start doing interviews with teammates, whatnot. And, um, you know, one thing led to another and now, uh, it's official. We started it. So we're both excited for it. Awesome. He, he is Stephen Betashore. He's a part of back to back, the podcast with Jordan Harvey. It is funny. You mentioned you joining Vancouver with Jordan on the, in 2014, he had been there for a few years. Obviously yeah. he, spent, he spent a number of years in Vancouver. I actually picked him in 2014 as my MLS Defender of the Year. Do you remember that season and how he played? Yeah, he, you know, every season he's played really well. He's one of those guys just consistent. And that might have been the year after he had, like, a career high in goal. So I wouldn't blame you for putting uh, putting him as maybe your Defender of the Year. Uh, I thought he was better defensively had... in 14. Not that he was bad in 2013, but your stats are right. He had a, He had a career high of four goals in 2013. But I thought in 13, 2014, yeah. I thought, I mean, you guys, you know, that was a pretty tough, I don't know, there was some good times we, there for we, you guys. You know, we 2014 and 2015, we had uh, we had one of the best defenses in the league, double-digit yes. um, shutouts, and I think we were top three as far as, you know, goals against average. So we had a really good defense, and he, you know, uh, he played uh, almost every game. So he's he's been uh, stalwart his entire career, to say the least. Well, so is this guy, Stephen Bateshire, joining us here on Black and Gold Breakdown as we're talking about. Speaking of defense, Stephen, I know obviously the headlines are going to be Carlos Vela, Diego Rossi, because you got to score goals to win games, you know. But <laughs> defensively, you guys have been so good all year, and now it's paying off with two straight shutouts. What? Not that there's a difference. I don't mean that's kind of the wrong way to say it. But w- compare and contrast 18 and 19 now. You, the three of you on the back line. Walker Zimmerman included have been there for so many games. Mm-hmm. Now you've started to play together, but it's also the addition of Eddie Segura. Talk about how how you guys have gelled so quickly with this new young uh, Colombian in here who's just been so good. Yeah, I mean, I think 
first off, just having a year under our belt together, mm-hmm. it definitely helps. Uh, a year under our belt with Bob and his system, the way he wants to play, it's a little different than other teams. You know, we, we don't just sit back and kind of uh, concede space. We like to put, put the other team under pressure and, and get after them. So we're used to that. But also, you know, the addition of Eddie, I think he's been fantastic. Um, he's one of the guys where he doesn't make rash challenges. He's just consistent. He's he reads the play really well and covers Jordan and Walker, um, you know, when they need it. Uh, so, so far we've been off to a really good start, um, and hopefully we can continue that trend. One of the things about that I like to ask is, uh, you know, it's it's not akin to only soccer, but I think it's unique, is that obviously players come and go, you know, they move on. But even in so- more so in soccer because, as you know, Stephen, you can play all over the world. There are great leagues, great players. Mm-hmm times a hundred compared to our leagues, you know, like the NFL, major league. I mean, literally times a hundred. And so, you know, players are going to move, especially young guys who might be really, really good. I mean, how do you guys have a great locker room and I know there's a lot of camaraderie there. How does that play in though? You is it just the kind of thing where you're rooting for them and it's, you know, it's, it is the business. Yeah. I mean, obviously it's, it's different in the NBA and NFL where those are kind of, the only prominent leagues in the world where with soccer it's, it's so, so different. many yeah, countries I mean, you know so many different countries you can go so guys can go back to their native country guys can go play in a different country a lot of people like to go uh, overseas play in europe um but it's one of those where if it happens you know we're happy for our teammates but at the same time with the locker room that we have we don't want to lose anyone uh, we have a really really good locker room as far as guys uh, yeah. really get along on and off the field so um you know if you lose someone you know you're losing a brother so it's it's sad in that sense but if well, it does happen we're happy for each other this uh, young man is a big part of that in that locker room steven Bedish, you're joining us from lafc he's the right back there in a, in a back line that's given up only five goals in these first six with five of them being wins and of course two straight shutouts uh, you know, it's almost like I hate to look ahead to this game in a weird way, Steve, because we've had this before with San Jose previously winless. Uh, you had, you're going across the country to play D.C. Now it's a tricky game again with the FC Cincinnati that we still don't really know a ton about. Mm-hmm. What, have, what have you seen, I guess, so far in their first six games? I mean, and you mentioned it, it's kind of the unknown. We haven't played them before in the past. You know, this is their first year in the league, so you only have five or six games that you can kind of look at. And I think they've been kind of different in all of them. They've gotten new players coming in. Uh, you know, obviously they didn't show very well the very first game, but then the second game they looked decent. Uh, I think it was against uh, Atlanta they got a draw, and then the third game they get a win, and they get another win after that. So it's it's kind of tricky. Um, their, their latest match was a 1-1 draw with Kansas City um, at home. But, you know, I think Kansas City was resting some players. The turf played a part. I think, uh, you know, Kakutamana had a great chance to, to put the game at 2 nothing, and then I think they're winning that game if that happens. So yep. it's tricky. You know, it's, it's tough to look at them and know what to really expect just because it's, it's their first year. They've been up and down. But um, I think for us, we really have to continue to play our football. And, and, you know, we're back on our pitch where, you know, the grass is unbelievable. The stands are, the fans are uh, amazing and they support us so much and they give us so much energy. So I think more so we have to continue to do what we do and, um, and hopefully we'll, uh, we'll get the, get the three points from that. Beta, we've been talking about you and Jordan. Of course, they are the uh, hosts of back to back new podcast for LAFC. Check it out. And you guys like to get in the attack. I mean, you're a big part of it. It's not that you just like to get in the attack, 
uh, under Bob's system, as you say, I mean, the right back and the left mm-hmm. back are a huge part of the, uh, the attacking and going forward, and certainly you guys mm-hmm. live up to that expectation. Why has this offense been so uh, good? I mean, obviously it was good last year, frankly, and yet you've taken it to another level. How is that even possible at this point? Yeah, I mean, I think both Jordan and I's mindset uh, are to attack just because both of us were midfielders or forwards growing up. Yep. And so we were just so competitive that, you know, when we defend, we don't like giving up goals. So it's uh, it's a lot of running, but we enjoy attacking and then we take pride in defending. But as far as the rest of the guys, um, you know, they, we've been lethal this year. I think last year we were second in the league as far as goals scored four. Um, but this year we're off to a really good start. And I think, uh, you know, Carlos and Diego are a real big reason uh, why, you know, they're, I don't think they're wasting any chances. They're just any chance they're getting, they're putting away um, where last year maybe uh, we missed a few opportunities to finish off games. And this year, you know, D.C., our last game is a perfect example of, uh, you know, we had, what, maybe four chances in the first half and we <laughs> we scored three of them. So, yeah. uh, you know, it makes a difference. And anytime you have your star players flying like that, um, you know, it's it's easy to carry momentum into the next week and the next week after that. We are talking with Stephen Betashore. Stephen, I'll end it on this. I do want to go back to him specifically. We mentioned him briefly as a part of the unit, but why is Eddie Segura so good? You know, I think he's just, um, he, he plays above his age. I think you look at his age, 21, 22, and you think he might be immature or, or vulnerable to mistakes, but he's very mature on and off the field. Um, he understands his teammates uh and he knows how to cover each other, uh, cover one another, you know. So if Jordan's in a spot um, where he's leaving a little gap, he'll know to slide into that gap. Uh, when he's put into an opportunity where he has to defend 1v1, he knows not to just go out and, and leave his feet and tackle. And, you know, it's like a 50-50. It's a gamble. Are you going to tackle or are you going to miss it? And now guys are standing. I think he just he trusts the players around him. He stays on his feet and he defends well. And when you have that, um, it's easy to read as far as other players, other defenders around him. So uh, he's been fantastic so far. Um, you know, we, we didn't know what to expect in preseason. It was only a few weeks that we were able to play uh, alongside each other. But so far, I've been uh, really, really impressed with him. He is Stephen Bateshore. Check him out with Jordan Harvey, the new podcast, Back to Back. There are only a couple of episodes in. I think the second one's coming out, as Beta said, uh, shortly. Uh, hey, uh, Ryan Seacrest, save some media jobs for the rest of us, all right? That's all I got to ask. <laughs> no problem, no problem. You know, I'll try to just stick it to the to the podcast and play on the field for now. Awesome. We'll see you about the future. <laughs> Look forward to talking to you again soon, Beta. Take care. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you it. Bet. Talk to you later. Stephen Betashore, Black and Gold Breakdown. Check out his podcast with Jordan Harvey, part of LAFC's podcasting network. You got the Walker Zimmerman podcast, and now you got back to back with Beta and Jordan Harvey. Thanks so much for him for taking the time here on Black and Gold Breakdown. Still so much more to get. I'm going to tell you one of the main reasons why I love MLS, and it is a crucial, crucial reason as to why I really have fallen in love with this league. That is next. I am Dave Dethome, and you are listening to the home of world football here in Southern California and to the Black and Gold LAFC ESPN LA 710. This is Soccer Weekly. I am Dave Dethome, hanging out with you here on ESPN LA 710. And, you know, look, here's a bottom line. If you love the show, if you appreciate the coverage, which I know you do, I hear from you all the time, hit me up on Twitter at TalkSoccer. 
reach out to ESPN Los Angeles on Twitter or whatever. Just tell them. It, it has nothing to do with me or Mario or anything. If you love soccer coverage, we are the home of LAFC. We like to talk about all things world football. You heard the World Cup show if you were listening over the summer with Mike Trudell and I. We had a great time virtually every night of the World Cup this past, like, 2018. That was great. Hit them up. Let them know. And we do appreciate the support. It's growing, and it's honestly important, and we appreciate that. You can hit me up on Twitter, as I said, at Talk Soccer is where I reside there. If you want to uh, you know, subscribe, rate, and review to the podcast, it comes out virtually right after the show is done. If you miss something on the show or you're not able to catch it, hit up the podcast. Just search for Soccer Weekly on the ESPN Pod Center or at uh, iTunes or wherever your podcatcher lives. Subscribe, rate, review. Give me, uh, Let me know what you think. And we truly do appreciate that. You know what I appreciate? One of the best things, one of the the things I appreciate the most about Major League Soccer, which, you know, of course, happens to be our league here, is that it is so American. Now, I know that's going to sound weird or, wait, wait, what does that mean? You know, like you get defensive almost in a sense when it comes to soccer in America. But what I mean by that in in the sports landscape is, The Premier League has, what, six teams that can win? Maybe four, really? Five, I guess, you could stretch. On any year, there's four or five, that's it. La Liga, let's be honest, has three. If you're kind enough to put in Atletico Madrid there, which I am. Uh, Serie A has one, one team that can win in the entire league for what's been years now. It seems seems like decades, but it hasn't been that long. And of course, maybe you could just argue there's a couple teams in Syria. If you're being really kind to Italy, it's Juventus, let's face it. Those are the big leagues, right? If, if someone were to say, what are the, the big leagues in the world? I mean, the big Premier League, La Liga, Serie A, right up there. You could argue League, league uh, but not really, because that's a one-team league as well. That's it. That's the only amount, the, the, the total amount of teams out of three leagues that can possibly win are like a handful. You know what's going to happen. Bundesliga, you want to throw them in? It's all Bayern. That's probably the fourth league. Probably better than Serie A overall, to be honest. But again, same thing. Bayern Munich just destroys everybody. It is one of the best reasons I love MLS. The two teams that were the best in MLS last year. They made it to the MLS Cup. I do believe they were playing the best football by the end of the season. Yes, there's playoffs here, unlike other leagues, or many, unlike many other leagues. The two best teams in MLS, if you've been watching through the first, you know, six match days, five, six weeks, are the two worst in the standings right now. Atlanta United, the clear best team in MLS last season, and Portland Timbers, who by the end of the year were the best team in the West. I don't care where they ended up in the standings. They had to struggle and scrap because of a lot of road games, which they're doing again this year. Again, uh, one of my bits this year is: do, do they re, do they like remodel Providence Park in Portland every year? Does this thing now hold like one hundred and twenty thousand people up there yet? It seems like Portland has to start every season with fifteen straight road games. What are they doing up there? Finish your stadium already. But that has caused Portland a lot of grief, of course, first five games of the year so far. I think they literally have, again, double-digit road games to start the season, if I'm not mistaken. 
They're 0-4-1. And Atlanta United, under new manager Frank DeBoer, is struggling. A couple of draws from their first four matches. Now, they've only played four games. I know. They can turn it around. Of course, they've got talent. Joseph Martinez decides to stay around. He's great. They'll probably figure it out, maybe. But it does show you. Obviously, they lost Miguel Amaron and Tata Martino, two of the most prominent figures in MLS, and certainly they were last year. But it just it, it just screams how much I love Major League Soccer. It's not parody. It's if you're good enough to turn it around and you do the right things in MLS and you're smart about how you do things, you can win. If Leicester City is smart in the Premier League, they will just absolutely look to finish ninth or 10th. Now, I know they won recently. It was a miracle upon miracles. I get it. But they're a perfect example of the, obviously, the exception that proves the rule. If West Ham United, a good club, a big club in England, is smart, they will look to finish eighth or ninth and not get crazy and try to do anything stupid with, you know, blowing all their money. Because we've seen teams try to do that. How sad is it if you're a club in, in England and your goal is to not try to to go crazy and to not try to compete with the top teams because you can't. You'll spend yourself to death. There are a few examples of that. It's disgusting in professional in a professional league. It's why the Premiership and some of these other leagues are garbage to me, if I'm being honest. Garbage! Because they can't. There are teams in those leagues that cannot try to win. They can't. It's not that they they won't. It's not that they couldn't possibly. It's that they cannot realistically do it. They, They can't or they could see their club completely destroyed financially. That's disgusting. That's ridiculous. Now you could argue there's some of that in Major League Baseball. No salary cap. Okay, but... There's enough revenue floating around in Major League Baseball for every team that they can compete, right? We've seen teams win on a little more consistent basis than these other leagues. If you're Genoa in Syria, you cannot try to win the league. You can't. You are absolutely handcuffed before anything gets going. Before a ball is kicked, Brighton in the Premier League cannot try to win the league. Now, you might say, oh, then home, of course they can't. It's ridiculous. They would never... Well, what kind of competition, quote-unquote, is that? Competition is what drives me with MLS. Atlanta United were almost unbeatable at times last year. Well, they were. They're terrible right now. Now, there are some franchises that are always going to be near the top. Not always, but they're going to be good because they run well and they're smart. And there are going to be some franchises that are going to struggle, Colorado, seemingly year in, year out. San Jose of late. But they can turn it around a lot quicker and with more real impact than in these other leagues. I mean, isn't that kind of, isn't it lame? I'm sorry, I, how lame is it to be a fan of a, a premiership team, really? Either you're one of the top dogs and it's kind of like absurd. Yeah, I guess you could enjoy that, I guess, theoretically, because you're just beating everybody up for 
other than because you just spend way more, or you're one of the teams that just cannot even try to win. It's just ridiculous. That's why I love MLS. And I wanted to point it out because when I looked at the standings in Portland and Atlanta are in last place, respectively, after last weekend. That's a beautiful thing. It's good. That is a good thing. Not necessarily for those franchises, mind you, but they can turn it around. That's a good thing. Hit me up on Twitter, at TalkSoccer. You know what I'm talking about. People don't want to talk, you know, we hide behind a lot of things in America. Oh, we need promotion and relegation. Stop with that. Stop. Look, not everything in life is 100% fair. In fact, uh, 99.9% of things are not 100% fair. And there is no way... I'm not even sorry for saying it. There's no way that a team who's playing in some in the fourth division somewhere in America right now should be able to earn their way into, you know, winning their way up in the system we have when people are spending hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars to develop an MLS franchise. It's just that's business. That's reality. Don't talk to me about pie in the sky. The Lansing Ignite is a great soccer club. The Las Vegas Lights are great. It's an awesome club. I hope they do great. I hope both of those thrive. Detroit City, I hope they thrive. They got no business climbing the ladder without paying their way. That's just the way it is because it is a business. Now, they want to put up $500 million to build a stadium and the expansion fee. So be it. And eventually, maybe there will be some form of promotion or relegation. But if things these the things that quote unquote American soccer fans hide behind, we have to pull the curtain back on a lot of this stuff. And I'm tired of hearing about it on Twitter at Talk Soccer. It's just so la la land and so pie in the sky that just give it up already. I'm not giving up on you though. Even if you disagree, like I said, we can have those conversations, seriously. At Talk Soccer, we always uh, converse throughout the week. You can find out what's going on with the show there. You, don't forget, just if you miss anything, hit the uh, hit the podcast each and, each and every week at the Pod Center or on iTunes. Subscribe, rate, and review. We still got stoppage time to come. It's the best uh, bit in radio, isn't it? Yes. I, get, I can confirm that. I get confirmation that is true. Stoppage time still to come. I'm Dave Denholm. This is Soccer Weekland, the home of world football here in Southern California, and really the world, ESPNLA 710. Soccer Weekly, ESPNLA 710. Oh, man, I cannot wait for Saturday. You'll hear it right here on ESPNLA. 7 o'clock for the pregame, LAFC taking on newcomers, FC Cincinnati. And, you know, so often we hear about teams moving up to MLS, right? They kind of get, you know, work their way up to MLS with their owners, you know, buying a piece in terms of, you know, fees for new franchises and things. But FC Cincinnati, and a lot of times those franchises have been around for a long time. Seattle Sounders, Portland Timbers, they kind of made their way up from the old NASL. FC Cincinnati, literally just a few years old. And it's it's been an amazing story. Now, thankfully, they'll be traveling across the country to come take on LAFC at home here at the bank. But you'll hear it right here on ESPNLA. 7-10 on Saturday. And oh, by the way, at the same time, the Galaxy are going to be hosting Philadelphia Union. It is time now for the LA Care Injury Report. At LA Care, our mission has always been to provide quality, affordable health care coverage to all Angelinos. For more information, visit lacare.org today. LA Care for all of LA. 
And we do want to start with LAFC, the injury report. Here's the interesting thing about it. Lee Wynn, Fito Zelaya, and Andre Horta were out, right, for the last few games. Obviously, Fito hasn't been even able to play yet. He still looks like he's going to be out for a while. Lee Wynn starting to get it stronger again. Here's the thing. Do you really even, you know, the good thing about this, now it's never good to be injured, but if you're Lee Wynn, LAFC doesn't have to rush him back, or Horta for that matter. You don't have to rush him back from injury. Slowly get him back to perfect, you know, to perfect health, 100%, right, before you have to kind of rush him back into the line. They're playing so well. I'm not saying there's not room for Lee Wynn. He's going to get plenty of minutes, but there's no need to rush. Adama Diamande obviously had that hamstring in the other, you know, in the game, against, well, he actually did it, you know, had a brilliant game against D.C. United before he had to be taken out in that game with the injury, but hopefully that'll, you know, kind of uh, not be a lingering and a long-term thing. L.A. Galaxy, pretty healthy. They're getting healthier and healthier. Still have Perry Kitchen out, obviously, and Juninho's been banged up. But you're talking about a team that's now got, you know, the, the likes of Alessandrini and Sebastian Legette and Jonathan Dos Santos, Joe Corona. That's pretty darn good. You have the youngster, Uriel Antuna. That's a good midfield. And then, of course, Laton, who looks to be at good health, actually played on the turf in that game, uh, you know, most recently against Vancouver. So that was a good sign there. So that is your L.A. Care injury report. Time now for stoppage time. Mario Reeves, the producer of the show and the host of Stoppage Time. How are you, buddy? I'm great, man. I'm great. How how deep is LAFC, though? With Ooh. all those injuries, a DP, one of their three DPs yeah. is injured. Oh, he's, it's and like, they, oh, he's still out, unfortunately, but we don't have to rush him back. So, you know, that's right. the key. Yeah. Man. And earlier we were talking about the dynamic duo of Vela and Rossi and how, you know, just how they're the best duo in the league right yeah. now. Yeah. But how do they compare among the duos of MLS history? Well, look, I don't. I'm not going to try to compare just goal scores, but when you when you ask this, there's a couple that jump to mind from a while back. I'm old school, Mario. I'm going all the way back to '96, baby. Me too. Right? Wait, 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 wait. We better not be going back to the same duo. Well, I, there are a couple. Okay. And the, the first one that I loved was Mauricio Cienfuegos and Kobe Jones. Right. Now they, right. you know, they're not like goal scorers or anything like, but just the way they ran the break for those early Galaxy teams. Okay. Go, go back and watch some of the goals that the, that the, those teams put up with the help of those two guys. But there's a there was a, a a duo that I loved to watch, even though I didn't I hated the team was Mar- Marco Echeverri and Jaime Moreno back oh, in the day I for do DC remember. United. You know they weren't necessarily the first year all you know that they exploded or whatever. They were incredible. But there's one Mario that was back then that kids today wouldn't even know about. Roy Lasseter yes. and the great. Carlos Valderrama. El Pibe, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Valderrama won MVP that season. Oh, my goodness. He put the ball on a string to Lasseter time and time again. And Lasseter, uh, he led the league in goals. Yeah, had, I think he had 27 one year just running on these yeah. perfect passes from El Pibe who just, and just scored time and again. It was it was a thing to watch for sure way back in the day in MLS history. That's a great question, though. I mean, Carlos Vela and Diego Rossi. And you know what's amazing, though, Mario, is they're getting so many contributions from other guys helping in offense, not just defensively. Uh, Adama Diamande steals that football against D.C., right, and lays off a perfect pass for that first goal to Vela. This after Vela misses the penalty to start the game. Right. And then there's you know there's Mark Anthony Kay and Latif Blessing and Edward Atuesta. I mean, these guys are all contributing huge to that offense. Atuesta's and, been so huge this season. Oh, I mean, honestly, it's cr- crazy to say because Carlos Vela has been, but 
But Eduardo Tuesta might be as good a player in MLS as there is right now. I mean, that, and that's crazy to say when you've got even guys on his own team that are just lighting it up, but he is so good. Yeah, and people are starting to take notice of him, too. Absolutely. Slowly hey, but surely. You know who everybody notices, Mario Rees. This is stoppage time. Thanks so much, Mario. Thank you, Dave. Thanks so much all the gang here at ESPN LA 710. Check out the podcast. If you miss anything, hit me up on Twitter, at TalkSoccer. This is the home of the black and gold, ESPN LA 710.